Welcome to the 21st episode of the Disney Cruise Line Blog Podcast. Today's episode, we're going to take a look at the newly announced summer 2018 itineraries for the fleet. This year's itinerary announcement came a little bit earlier than past years. Uh, last year it was announced in April, the previous few years uh, mid-March. Essentially, there's nothing to- really surprising in this announcement. The Disney Wonder will be sailing the Panama Canal and back to Alaska. Disney Magic's headed to Europe. The Disney Dream will continue sailing her Bahamian itineraries with a little uh, extra in the summer. And the Disney Fantasy is going to continue sailing the Caribbean. Uh, nothing really really drastically different from 2017 in terms of uh, new and exciting itineraries. Uh, there are little tweaks more than anything. And we'll get started with, I guess, the easiest one to talk about or the quickest one to talk about, and that being the Disney Fantasy. For the majority of the summer of 2018, the Disney Fantasy uh, will be sailing on Saturdays from Port Canaveral on either a seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruise with Two days at sea, a stop in Tortola, short hop over to St. Thomas with Port Adventures in St. John, and then a day at sea, finishing up with a day at Castaway Key. On the alternating weeks, the Fantasy will be sailing seven-night Western Caribbean itinerary, uh, Western Caribbean itinerary that they have been that they're currently sailing. It starts off Port Canaveral, a day at sea, a day in Cozumel, then Grand Cayman. Falmouth, a day at sea, and ending again on Friday at Castaway Key. There are two unique sailings for the Fantasy uh, in the summer. On June 30th, 2018, uh, the Fantasy will leave Port Canaveral on an 11-night Southern Caribbean cruise. Uh, A couple days at sea, stop in Aruba, another day at sea, Barbados, Martinique, St. Kitts, San Juan, a day at sea, and then it'll end at Castaway Key. And because that's an 11-night sailing that does not bring the Fantasy back on a Saturday, to get back on that Saturday embarkation-debarkation schedule, they'll sail a short three-night Bahamian cruise that'll leave Port Canaveral on July 11, 2018, with the next day in NASA and back on Friday to Castaway Key, followed by the return to Port Canaveral on Saturday morning to get back on the uh, Saturday departure schedule. So the fantasy, the only thing that's really changing from the summer of 2018, or from the summer of 2017 to 18, is they're doing one less Southern Caribbean cruise. In 2017, they are sailing a 10-night Southern and an 11-night Southern. And if you're following along on our weekly special offer post for Florida residents and military, U.S. military personnel. Uh, the Florida resident rate for the Southern Caribbean cruise has been offered for oh, a good month now, if not longer, which is a little odd for such a unique sailing to be more or less, quote-unquote, discounted uh, this, that, soon before the sa- that soon before the sailing. Uh, which might have led to them 
making the decision to only have one of these sailings in 20, 2018. Uh, I don't know. That's just my thought. Guess. I don't know anything specific. Moving along to the fantasy sister ship, the Disney Dream. The Dream will continue sailing three and four night Bahamian cruises from Port Canaveral. Uh, throughout the summer sailing season in 2018, the uh, three and four nights are the standard order, Port Canaveral, NASA, Castaway Key, and then a day at sea for the four night. Uh, there are no, I didn't notice any that have a different port order per se. Uh, it's a little easier in the summer with not, you know, just sharing Castaway Key with the fantasy, not as many potential conflicts and things like that. Uh, in June, in the beginning of July, the, uh, Dream will sail four-night and five-night cruises that include two stops at Castaway Key. Uh, the four-night itinerary is Port Canaveral, Castaway Key, NASA, Castaway Key. And then the five-night is Port Canaveral, Castaway Key, NASA, Castaway Key. And then ending on a sea day, which is n always nice. At least I prefer to end on a sea day. Those sailings will be throughout June and, uh, and kind of in that first half of July, you know little after the 4th of July kind of vacation period. But other than that, the uh, Disney Dream is kind of maintaining its regular schedule and pretty much doing the same as this, uh, this coming summer. Moving along to the classic ships, we'll just uh, start with the Wonder, since our itineraries are not as complicated as the Magic. Uh, in May... The Disney Wonder will already be in San Diego, uh, finishing up a series of Baja cruises. And on May 16th, we'll sail to San from San Diego to Vancouver with a uh, stop in San Francisco. It's a five-night repositioning cruise. Then once in uh, Vancouver, we'll kick off the... Uh, Alaskan season with seven night cruises, a five night cruise, and a nine night cruise. Starting with the seven night Alaskan cruises from Vancouver, you have the standard one which will sail from Vancouver, Day at Sea, Tracy Arm Fjord, Skagway, Juneau, Ketchikan, and then a Day at Sea. That is kind of the more or less the standard Alaskan cruise that will be offered in 2018 and what has been kind of the norm over the years. In addition to that, it was originally a one-off cruise here coming up in, for 2017, a seven-night Alaskan cruise. Uh, it's a little bit different uh, as they will start from Vancouver, have a day at sea. It'll visit one of the newer ports, Icy Strait Point, then go to Skagway, and then spend the morning in Juneau and then the afternoon at Tracy Arm followed by a day in Ketchikan, and we'll end with a day at sea. That seven-night cruise sails on June 25th and September 3rd of 2018. And again, there's also the same itinerary is happening this summer, too. Then there is the nine-night cruise, which, again, is the same as the 2017 nine-night Alaskan cruise that starts in Vancouver as a day at sea, Ketchikan, Icy Strait Point, 
Hubbard Glacier, Juno, Skagway, Tracy Arm, A Day at Sea. And that sails on July 9th, 2018. It's a little earlier in the uh, summer than it is offered in 2017. Oh, these dates. And then just to allow the ship to kind of get back on the regular Monday departures, uh, following that nine night is a five night on July 18th. It's a starts in Vancouver, a day at sea, Tracy Arm, Ketchikan, and uh, ending in a, with a day at sea. Disney added a couple of new ports for the summer of 2018 for the Disney Magic. The new Mediterranean port will be Genoa, Italy. And the uh, kind of the European port that they added this year is Cork, Ireland. The most notable change for the Disney Magic in 2018 will be that more or less switching uh, the time of the time of summer they'll be sailing in the Mediterranean and on Northern Europe, rather than spending the later half of the summer in the Med, they're going to start in the Med and then later reposition to Northern Europe. Uh, now we got some comments on the itinerary post that this hasn't been, you know, it wasn't that well received from some because, you know, of the way their vacation schedules, they like, you know, they might have availability in a later summer and they want to go to the Med, but I, I think it kind of goes both ways. It Disney's probably thinking that, you know, people who may have been f- limited to early summer vacation windows can now go to the Med this year where they have been limited, say, in the last uh, couple to sail in Northern Europe. I know that's the case with us with uh, the school, s- school starting uh, towards the end. In this case, if we wanted to sail to Mediterranean, we couldn't this year because of uh, the school calendar. And I and to, would suspect that might be the case with many and potentially the reason why they swapped this. Anyway, getting on to the itineraries. And the Magic uh, in May will be sailing out of Miami. So on May 13th, they'll embark on a 13-night eastbound transatlantic cruise to Barcelona. Uh, it's kicked off by six days at sea, stop in the Azores. Another day at sea, then Lisbon, Cadiz, Malaga, Ibiza, and then on to Barcelona. And once in Barcelona, in early, kind of the end of May, sail seven night cruises, Mediterranean cruises. There's a couple different itineraries uh, for the Med this year, or I'm sorry, in 2017. There's a five night goes from Barcelona, Cannes, Livorno, Chittavecchia, and then Day at Sea. And then there's the Barcelona, Sea, Naples, Chittavecchia, Livorno, Cannes, and a Day at Sea. Then, then there's the Barcelona, a Day at Sea, Naples, Chittavecchia, Livorno, Villafrance, and another, an ending at a day at sea. There are two kind of one-way, one-way sailings <clears throat> in 2018. Uh, 
On June 16, 2018, the Magic will sail a seven-night Mediterranean cruise from Barcelona to Chittavecchia. Uh, it'll stop in Marcel's, Villa France, Genoa, Livorno, a day at sea in Naples. And then everyone will disembark in Chittavecchia, giving opening up the possibility to uh, spend some more time and be able to explore Rome. On June 23rd, then, <clears throat> the Magic will then turn around from Chitty Vecchia and embark on a seven-night Mediterranean back to Barcelona. So it'll give you, or give guests the opportunity to kind of bookend their vacations in Barcelona and Chitty Vecchia. And uh, I would suspect Adventures by Disney may play a role in some pre and post vacation options as well in 2018 to ex extend outwards that vacation once you're over there. Then on July 7th, 2018, there'll be a 10 night Mediterranean cruise starting Barcelona, Marcel's, Villa France, Genoa, Livorno, C, Chitavecchia, Naples, Dezzi, and then finishing Palma. Right afterwards, on July 17th, there'll be a five-night Mediterranean cruise. We'll go from Barcelona to Cannes, Livorno, Chitavecchia, and then ending with a day at sea. To wrap up, that, that five-night will end the uh, Magic's time sailing in the Med in 2018. And on July 22nd, we'll leave Barcelona on a seven-night Western European cruise to Dover. Uh, the first day will be, or the... It'll start in Barcelona. Second day will be at sea, followed by Cadiz, Lisbon, Vigo, a day at sea, and then ending with a stop in Cherbourg. And once in Dover, this is kind of where the magic starts bouncing around. Uh, on July 29th, there'll be an 11-night Northern European cruise. Then I'll go from Dover to Copenhagen. It'll go Dover, Amsterdam, a day at sea, Go to Berlin, a day at sea, Stockholm, Helsinki. Uh, it'll overnight in St. Petersburg, Russia. Go to Tallinn, a day at sea. And then end in Copenhagen. Or they will then turn around and sail a seven-night Northern European cruise. Uh, a closed-loop cruise. Go from Copenhagen, a day at sea, Tallinn, St. Petersburg. Just uh, one day in St. Petersburg. Uh, Helsinki, Stockholm, and ending in a day with a day at sea on its way back to Copenhagen. Then the magic will turn around and go on a 10-night Norwegian fjords and Iceland cruise that'll begin in Copenhagen and end in Dover. Uh, the first Norwegian port on the cruise is Christiansand, then Stavanger, Alsund, a day at sea, Again, an overnight in Reykjavik, Iceland, a day at sea, and then it'll end in even Gordon, then, in, then a day at sea. The notable difference on the 2018 summer uh, cruise to Iceland is it's not going to Akureyri, uh, the city on the northern side of Iceland. Uh, they're just going to go and spend their time in Reykjavik. Then once in Dover, there'll be uh, 
two seven-night cruises. The first one being a seven-night Norwegian Fjords cruise. Uh, it'll go from Dover, Day at Sea, Copenhagen, Oslo, Christiansand, Stavanger, and end with a Day at Sea. And then kind of to finish out, potentially, it's the last cruise uh, Disney, cruise Disney Cruise Line announced. Uh, it's the for the summer of the magic. It's a seven night British Isles cruise from Dover on September 2nd. It'll go to, it'll begin in Dover a day at sea. It'll go to Cork, Ireland, Dublin, Ireland, Greenock with a port of ventures in Glasgow and Edinburgh, uh, Liverpool, and then a day at sea returning to Dover. And that kind of, that'll wrap up what has been announced for the summer of 2018. It's not a stretch to guess that following that British Isles cruise, the Disney Magic could potentially leave Dover on a transatlantic cruise to who knows where, San Juan, Port Canaveral, Miami, who knows. And then the same kind of being the case for the Disney Wonder, the end of the last available sailing return to uh, San Diego for potentially some uh, fall sailings, which leads us to the looking forward to the next itinerary release. It's kind of hard to say with the uh, shift to a February announcement for itineraries, when the next itinerary release for the fall of 2018 may occur. All I can go based on is what has happened the last few years and the that Disney has announced the fall itineraries for the following year and uh, kind of that mid-May area, mid to late May. So will that pattern continue following the uh, early earlier release of the uh, summer itineraries or will it kind of readjust itself back to May, a May release? Now that we've gone over the itineraries, it's time to bring in my resident expert on all things related to booking a cruise. My wife, Emily. Hi. And Isabel's here, too. Off in the corner reading a book. Hi. So, Emily, I see you've got some notes over there. You've crunched some numbers. After looking at opening day prices for the 2018 summer cruises, anything stick out? Anything noticeable? Well, this is always my favorite thing to do is just to kind of see how far the um, the difference is between how much the average income goes up to how much the Disney cruise prices go up. And summertime is always the prime time of the year due to everyone's vacations. So this is when, you know, we definitely see the most uh, variation and jump in pricing. Um, you know, everybody that has cruised several times knows that if you take your kids out of school or choose a non-holiday weekend, non-spring break, non, you know, whatever, um, that that's where you'll, you know, save some money. So I, I just went back to 2015. I, you know, you could certainly go, go back much farther, um, and just kind of looked at similar things on the wonder, the dream, and the fantasy. The magic is too dynamic because she goes to Europe and does all kinds of different itineraries. So I kind of threw the magic out. But you know, um, the the prices that 
were going on uh, in 2015 for two adults, two kids on, a, on The Wonder. Um, and if we go similar categories, 9C, that's your uh, deck two, you know, porthole room. So two adults, two kids, June 29th of 15, $6,345. And then in, in 2016, it, it just goes up, you know, 100 bucks, which really is not that horrendous. And then, um, you know, 2017, just a little bit more. And then when you come, when you come to, um, when you come to 2018, it's interesting because, you know, Disney keeps going back. They keep booking the wonder, uh, in Alaska, you know, people are still, are still sailing on it. Um, so again, if we, we look towards the end of June, two adults, two kids, um, you know, you're, you're, you're jumping up at this point. $8,334. And these are with, you know, people have their onboard bookings with 10% off of the fare. And, and that is a category 9A, so it's not exactly the same, but it's still a deck two porthole, and those are within a couple hundred bucks of each other. Um, you know, if you go earlier in June when the kids may not be out of school yet or all kids may not be out of school yet, and towards the end of August, that's where you'll get your savings. But it to me, is very interesting to just see that in three years, you know, the, the wonder, uh, in Alaska has, you know, garnered a premium price and has gone up about $2,000 for the same itinerary, same seven nights, same, you know, out of Vancouver. These didn't include the ones out of Seattle. So just interesting. The, um, the most expensive cruises, um, per person per night are the five night double dips on the dream. Uh, you know, those are the two stops at Castaway Key. We did our first two cruises back into cruising with Isabel. We did. So, you know, those are those are definitely popular. And in, in 2015, two adults, two kids, um, you know, pricing hasn't changed too, too much. Um, end of June, uh, Category 5E stateroom, $5,936. And then here we are in, in 2018, uh, we've got a, a July 8th, $6,321. And while pricing hasn't gone up crazily for that, I mean, five nights to the Bahamas on the dream for over six grand. That is, that's a lot putting in perspective. I mean, um, you know, Scott and I will laugh because we used to, we could have, taken two cruises on the fantasy uh for that price a few years ago for for the three of us in that in that same category so you know not gone up that much but per person per night um the fantasy which if you've listened to this podcast before scott and i refer to the fantasy as funny money <laughs> uh because you know you can go to europe get a cruise in europe on the magic um some of them for less than this of course you know, if you're here in the U.S., you have to do the airfare and all that other, you know, hotel stay and what have you, you know, for the night before. But um, the fantasy, she she hasn't gone up that much uh, since 2015. Um, you know, just looking at the Easterns and the Westerns, it, it's gone up around, you know, a thousand or so dollars. Um, so Alaska seems to have been the one that they've increased the, the price the most on. Um, but... You know, for two adults and two kids, um, 
you know, to go on a seven night Eastern um, on the fantasy, it's going to cost you around eight thousand dollars. So um, don't the, forget that's the new wonder too. No, this is a fantasy, my dear. No, you were talking about Alaska. Oh, yeah, right, right. The um, the, there was one. 2018 opening day price, um, July 21st, two adults, two kids, seven night Western category, seven, eight, $9,231. I mean, that's, that's a lot. We went in 2012, which was of course her inaugural season. Um, and man, it was for category five E it was around $3,000. So to see that jump, you know, in six years, it has essentially gone up, you know, $6,000, which is a lot. So um, we we didn't book anything for this summer, just like we didn't last summer. We ended up getting a Florida resident rate, um, you know, for 2016 and, and hopped on an Easter on the fantasy. But, um, you know, just wanted to kind of put a few things in perspective that, yes, um, Disney is, of course, increasing their prices as they do with the parks, resorts, restaurants, and everything. So um, it kind of shows you the different gaps among that. Okay. I think the uh, kind of gone over the itineraries. Next part, thought it'd be fun just to kind of go around the room here. And we're each going to pick the one itinerary that we, I don't know, find the most interesting one that we'd pick and maybe why without any like you know thought of time of the year constraints on the schedules or how much it may or may not cost that kind of thing just what itinerary without any other considerations seems to be the you know what you find the most interesting and I think it's time for Isabel to go first so Isabel of all the out of all the 2018 summer sailings, no, just the 18. We're only talking about the 18, even though the piece of paper has both of them on it. Uh, which itinerary or sailing and on which ship would you pick out of all of those? Um, it's and why? It's going to be on the Magic, and it's a 10-night Mediterranean cruise. That is the July 7th? Yeah. Cruise? Why did you? Why are you picking that one? Because I like the places it goes to in Italy and Europe. Well, in Europe, and I like Italy. And that, and that, uh, that ten night actually features one of the new uh, Genoa, Italy, one of the new uh, ports that they That's that Disney pretty, announced. It's pretty cool. Emily, do you have a pick? I do have a pick, and although that, you know, Isabel, your pick is great. We have not gone to the Mediterranean. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at Northern Europe because we did get to go to Norway, but I still would like to um, visit Sweden and Finland and kind of, you know, cap that area off. I think that would be neat to go back to. Uh, I really, really, really enjoyed Oslo um, and touring around Norway, so I think it would be extremely awesome to uh to go to Stockholm and and Helsinki and and St. Petersburg, Russia. So um and sailing from Copenhagen is great because I enjoyed Copenhagen. I actually wish we had a little more time there. Um but loved the hotel, loved the area. 
loved the um, breakfast buffet at the hotel where I could get Brie. So, you know, <laughs> it's the little things, right? Scott, what about you? Oh, and, of- I, and I would choose the 11 night Northern European because if you're going out there, you might as well go out there. That one sails from Dover to Copenhagen. Perfect. Time afterwards. It's the opposite. Perfect. Well, that happens to be the one I was going to pick. But um, in true blogger form, I'll pick another one then. Because you can't pick the same thing. It just wouldn't be right. Oh, whatever, Scott. That's why we're married, see? Because we both picked the same thing. Yep. You know, I tell you, the Southern Caribbean is interesting, but I have a hard time. I'd have a hard time going to the some of those Southern Caribbean ports, especially the ones that we went to uh, a few years ago when we did the Seven Night Southern on the Magic, uh, with the amount of people that the fantasy would bring. This seems like it was al- already kind of uh, a little bit busy in those ports, so yeah. I. I would I would prefer to go to on the a Southern Caribbean cruise on a classic ship for sure. But I definitely am with you on that, Scott, because although I the Southern Caribbean cruise we did was you know, probably in one of my top, is definitely in my top 5. And yes, I would love to go back. Um and I'd love to see some of the new ports that they're going to. You're right. I didn't think about being on the fantasy for 10 or 11 nights with that number of people and then going to those ports, um, which some of those ports are small and, and so on. So that was a good point there. You know, since I said it before, I I still need to get on a transatlantic cruise because I love my sea days. So I'm just going to go with the May 13 night from Miami to Barcelona. I'm going to hold off until we're back to a 15-night transatlantic, Scott, before I, I join you. So <laughs> enjoy so, your single supplement. I'm kidding. Ouch. Anyone want to go? <laughs> we're still paying for that other half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you, Scott. I I know that the Panama Canal and a, and a transatlantic are definitely something that we we want to we want to accomplish and, and check off that bucket list. Out of all these itineraries, are there any that are just kind of a snoozer? Or why are the, or you question uh, why again? Three Night Bahamanians? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm laughing because we, we still take those because it's easy. You know, it's, we live in Florida, so it's super easy to, to pop over there. Um, snoozer? Uh, I don't. I don't think so, Scott. I mean, a, cru- a cruise, any cruise is better than no cruise. Even the two night Baja, you know, cruises on the Wonder are are awesome. So, no, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that that there's a snoozer. I think if anything, I, I guess I wouldn't really call it a snoozer, but the one itinerary that seems to be, and a lacking of of any of them. Is that five night Alaskan cruise? It's just Vancouver, a sea day, Tracy Arm, Ketchikan, and another day at sea. It's kind of like you're just getting a small taste of that Alaskan cruise experience. And it's probably going to leave you wanting more. 
mean, the same scat could be said for the Five Night Mediterranean cruise. I mean, the the only other thing that you can add to that is that, you know, you sail from Barcelona, so you could add in pre and post. Uh, but, you know, what if you live in Europe and you're, you know, going to pop on that Mediterranean cruise just like we would, you know, pop on a, a three or four night Bahamanian cruise. So, um, you know, it could be the same thing in Alaska. You could be a Canadian, you know. I, I think that it would be cool to do one of the um, Canadian and, and New England cruises too, but I noticed that they're not going back there in, in 2018, so. No, not yet. Yeah. My, yeah, right, could be fall. Could be fall. What uh, What do you think about those two seven-night Mediterranean cruises that go back and forth between Barcelona and Chittavecchia? If I... I'm even saying that right. Because that gives you the opportunity to, you know, spend time in each of those places, Barcelona or Chetavecchia, like explore Rome before your cruise or after a cruise, and then go. <laughs> yeah, or, that's true. Um, sure, that's that's fine. I think those are great. Uh, kind of bookend your cruise yeah. with some... I know that we want to, one of the things that we want to do though is spend some actual land time in France, like some, some days in Paris and go to see the city of Ez and things like that. So, um, that would be, that's a lot of a taste of Italy. Sure. Um, you know, really, I don't really know that I'm going to say no to a cruise, although this is going to be the unpopular opinion and I'm going to throw it out there. I thought I already had that with the Southern Caribbean. I don't know. I don't. The British Isles stuff doesn't appeal to me. So I, I don't, I mean, we went to Kirkwall. I, I'm just not a, that area, just, again, unpopular opinion. It's kind of like food. It's subjective on where you want to go. Yeah. So. I'm not going to say no if somebody wants to take me or, you, you know. Do you want to go? Like, <laughs> something like that. But, you know, um, I know that that was a hot seller when that came out, and I'm sure people feel that way about Norway and Iceland and, and so on. But um, those, I wouldn't call that a snooze. It's just not something that I'm, you know, too interested in. How about you, Isabel? So, Isabel, are there any of the itineraries that you don't find all that exciting? Not really. Excellent. That's the attitude. Awesome. It should rub off on us. All right. In our, uh, to finish this out, in our podcast mini episode, I had a couple of questions about the itineraries. Maybe a couple. I can already tell some of these are Emily questions, not Scott. But. I have a question. Scott, have you ever booked a Disney Cruise Line vacation? No, I haven't. <laughs> okay, the first uh, question in the comments is from David. Hi, Scott. Ready to book our 2018 trip on the Disney Magic and appreciate your thoughts. On the Magic, where would you go? A forward, mid, or aft cabin? We always choose an outside cabin, but just not sure where on the ship. Uh, actually, I did go ahead and answer David in the comments on this one, but I'm kind of, honestly, I'm really indifferent on staterooms. I'm honestly just happy to be on the cruise at this point. Uh, 
Obviously, I love I love certain, you know, specific rooms, but you know, we kind of have our what the areas of each ship that we prefer to be on for different reasons. And those reasons are you know, just how we cruise and what our fam- where our family likes being close to. So, and I think part of that that goes into that choice is um, sometimes being liking what you're familiar with as well. Uh, we have on all of our cruises except for one, we're always aft. Um, we we like aft. Aft is super convenient um, for us. A lot of people like midship. A lot of people like forward. Like Scott said, it's it varies. Um, on the classic ships, we happen to like decks five and six. Isabel, she can tell you she likes deck five because then she can just kind of zip over to the kids club. Um, and then, you know, that I, nothing else really to say. But, David, you can't really go wrong. Um, I don't really think that you can go wrong choosing a room, especially on an outside cabin. Um so, you know, some people don't like the white wall verandas, but category 6A, some of those, you know, in the aft of the ship, they have a little bit, you know, more size there for you. But they all have their, you know, pluses and minuses that what each person likes. People laugh at us because we would rather stay on an inside room on a higher deck than on deck two. So, you know, again, it's, it's certainly personal preference. Isabel, what would you have anything to add other than you like um, deck five? Uh, not really. I, the uh, one more thing to add, David, is that there always is a discussion too about port and starboard. You know what side, um, you know, for certain areas and and what you can see sailing back and forth. And um, I think that the majority of our cruises, if we're not aft in the back on the dream or fantasy, you know, on those very back of the ships, I'm pretty sure we've always been, um, on the starboard side, but we haven't chosen that for any reason. We used to, because that's the one when you back it in Castaway Key, that that's the, you know, you can see Castaway Key, you know, from your balcony, but you know, it's kind of only really important if you're going to be in your stateroom and want the view during the day or be on the Island or pulling in, pulling out, you know, sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, I think, I think that that's, that's pretty good. And since I can't really count, that was actually the only question about the, uh, you know, itinerary wise or ship wise. Um, so thanks for joining us. We will be back soon with another episode to talk about our experience on the, our recent cruise on the Disney wonder. So again, if you have any questions about the uh, you know dry dock changes on the Wonder, or just anything regarding the Wonder in general, let us know, and we'll try to incorporate those questions into that next show. Thank you for joining us. If you've enjoyed the episode, please feel free to share it with your friends and followers. We'd also be very grateful if you could rate and review our podcast on iTunes. If you have any issues, please drop us an email. You can connect with the show via the comments section on the website, email us at contact at disneycruiselineblog.com, follow us on Twitter at the DCL blog, or on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash disneycruiselineblog. Additionally, you can leave a voicemail, which we will try to incorporate into future podcasts, with your questions, comments, or feedback on the show by calling 
321-765-3252.